golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love the lane. Because I love it. We love it. Holly G and the Golf Insiders, live from the Players' Championship TPC Sawgrass, beautiful Ponte Vedra, just up the road from uh, Orlando. I'm sitting with one of our favorites, Jeff Babineau from The Morning Read. Jeff, your thoughts on Bay Hill. They said it was survival of the the fittest, the calmest, the coolest. Terrell Hatton making his first win at Bay Hill. Pretty impressive. It was impressive, yeah. You know, he used to live around Orlando back in the early, uh, like around 2012, bouncing around on the Hooters mini tour. So you think about that and where he was Sunday winning almost $1.7 million at Bay Hill. Uh, he's known for, as a guy who doesn't have a lot of patience. Uh, and, and it looked, you know, he had histrionics going on out there. and Number 11. Looked slamming, like it could have been a meltdown, yeah, right? Slamming, kicking sand and banging the turf. But, but he held on enough. You know, he showed enough wits. He made two great pars at the end and uh, finished at four under par. And that was good enough to get the job done. That that golf course was absolutely brutal. The wind was up all weekend, one round in the 60s, and uh, it was tough. He earned it. Well, we've talked about the Florida swing being a, a real test, and it challenges these guys and tunes them up for Augusta. Boy, uh, you know, Florida's not disappointing so far. No, I mean, I actually think uh, this course this week, you know, TPC Sawgrass might be the easiest of the Florida bunch now, if you can imagine that. Uh, we used to think of this place as kind of a house of horrors. Uh, you know, tough stuff out there, uh, 17, 18 with the water and all that can happen. But uh, it's a little soft out there, so guys will be able to drive it in the fairway, I think, this week. And if you're in the fairway here with the length that these guys have, there's a lot of short irons in. So I don't think you're going to see a single-digit under-par score win the way we've seen it the last two weeks. And, I mean, that, it's just been a, a tough grind for these guys that have played the last two weeks and then shown up here. So I think it will be a little, uh, little easier on them this week. Definitely. Um, so one of Pete Dye's most famous designs and the first year uh, of Pete having passed that uh, certainly uh, he won't be present. You know, players sort of uh, either love Dye designs or they hate them. Uh, Jim Furyk said that um, Pete Dye wanted his courses to be visually disturbing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think when you think of 17, you know those guys start looking at it and thinking about it from the time they are walking down 16. Yeah, I mean, if you talk to players here, I think the word you hear a lot is uncomfortable. Pete Dye makes you uncomfortable. He might line up a tee box uh, at, a, at an odd angle toward a fairway. Uh, you know, we know his, his use of railroad ties and, and visual, just visual things that he does just to keep you on your toes and, and make you kind of uh, just not not in a comfort zone at all so I think a lot of these guys have to learn to embrace that 
I think there's a lot of respect for Pete Dye in that. I just heard Brandon Chambly call him a genius because he achieved what he was trying to achieve, and that was making, you know, giving you the biggest test and making you try to play a golf course a certain way. A lot of these guys are stubborn. They don't want to do that, but I think eventually you learn that you have to. Rory mentioned defending champion Rory McIlroy mentioned that his favorite hole is number 12, which they recently renovated. And, you know, the first year, uh, you know, it was sort of, um, I, I don't know that the players really liked what they did, but they've, I think, certainly adjusted. And uh, it's a great hole because you can go for it, right? Right. It's a great hole. I mean, it, it starts, you know, that stretch on the back nine where you can see a lot of, uh, we used to call it two-way traffic. Right, I mean, it's not just you're not just making pars and bogeys out there. There's an eagle to be made there, maybe an eagle at 16, which is gettable for these guys. Uh, there's doubles that can be made out there, so there's a lot of movement on the leaderboard, and that makes for an exciting contest. So, yeah, I, I think 12. It was a it was a good change. Uh, you know, it's it's there's some risk reward there, and if you don't hit that green, it, it can be tricky to get your four and get out of there. So, you know, those those fan those uh, holes kind of excite the fans, make it interesting to watch. Uh, the finish here is always incredible. You know, we took a Craig Perks finish the year he won here. When, and, Ricky uh, Fowler. Ricky Fowler, you know, you know just incredible. And uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot of drama here at the end, and that's what you want on Sunday when you're playing for $15 million. Let's talk about Rory. Uh, defending champion, uh, you know, really has just continued to talk about this mental side of the game that he's been working on and you know, developing more consistency, learning when, you know, he needs to keep the driver in the bag, which is tough when, you know, you're a long hitter like Rory. Mm -hmm. But it certainly has proven. And here he sits, number one in the world. Well, he's number one in the world. He's playing very consistently. You know, he's trying not to be results-oriented. But it's tough not to be when you keep putting it. It's kind of a mix, right? He's playing great. He has all these top fives in a row. At the same time, he has one win in that stretch, you know, going back to uh, 2019. And, uh, you know, if you're him and you keep putting yourself there, you want to close more. So it's kind of a mixed deal. You're playing very well as he did in Bay Hill, but he wasn't happy leaving Bay Hill with a T5. You know, he had a chance on Sunday and made two doubles on the front nine. And that that's the thing he's trying to avoid, making those big numbers that take him out of a tournament on Sunday. It happened at Riviera. It happened at Bay Hill. Uh, that's what he wants to avoid here. He'd, he'd love to be in that mix. And we haven't seen a, a return champion here in a quarter of a century. So uh, he certainly wants to be there on Sunday. What do you think it is about this tournament that, you know, it's so difficult to repeat? Yeah, I mean, I think it takes away some of the uh, assets of power. You can't overpower this place. So the long, long hitters that are going to be our favorites at Augusta, they're not necessarily the favorites here. True. Uh, you have to control your golf ball. You have to control your, your distance into these greens you can't miss in certain spots and it, it certainly is the one place you come here and everybody in this field 156 guys you feel could win this week you don't you don't feel that at golf tournaments uh i was looking brendan Steele was the first alternate if he gets in this field there's a guy who could win this week uh so we don't see that and i guess you know we are at the players championship it's their championship and and it's good that we're at a place where all styles of game can get in there uh, you know, I remember back-to-back -back years when Greg Norman won here at 24 under and Lee Jansen won the next year at 5 under. Wow. So it, it can really differentiate here the style you see, and we get a lot of different looks at uh, different winners. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we mentioned Ricky a few moments ago. Seems to be 
not quite firing on all cylinders. What do you think is going on with Ricky's game? Yeah, I thought his game was mostly pretty good last week. You know, he made a nine on the sixth hole at Bay Hill one day, took him out. Uh, but he's he's looking. I think, you know, hey, the, the Masters, now that we're here, is around the corner. And these top guys want to start seeing some momentum as they get there. So you have a guy like Ricky looking for that. You have Brooks Kepka looking for that. You had Jason Day with Drew last week. Tiger's not even playing. Uh, Justin Rose is missing cuts. So these guys want to get something going, you know, definitely, and get some momentum. And, and now that the players is back in uh, March, we have five huge tournaments in five months, and these guys, it's time to kind of get on the gas and let's see what you have. Rory, we know uh, the debacle that happened on 10. Uh, do you think that's still something that is in the back of his mind? What's going to take it for him to, you know, break through, do you think, at Augusta? For Rory? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably not thinking about it so much. You know, we talked to him about that. He, it's good that he got a major knocked off early, winning the U.S. Open so early in, in 11. And that was after his Masters debacle, so he, at least he bounced back. Um, but I think it's just not kind of getting so wound up mentally leading in. I mean, so many players at Augusta wear themselves out before ever hitting a first tee shot. They practice too much. They, it's in their head. Uh, he's trying to take a relaxed uh, mode in their vibe. He's playing Texas the week before. That'll keep his mind off things. And it'll go in there. Certainly, we know he has the game. I mean, it's just the one major relax, and there's just a little extra pressure there to get it done. So it's that's the challenge of it. You know, Can he get on the other side of that mentally and get the job done? You mentioned that, and the players were saying it's a little soft out there. Um, looks like the weather's going to cooperate, which, you know, we never know this time of year, as we've witnessed the last couple of weeks. Anybody in particular, given the softer conditions, that's going to favor it? brings a lot more players in. We know yeah. that as a result. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the move from May to March helps the longer hitters a little bit. It's a little softer, plays a little longer than I think when it could get really firm and fast in May. That helps those guys a little bit. But again, I mean, I come in here and I never pick a clear-cut favorite at this place. I mean, you know, I, I look at a Webb Simpson as a, as a great ball striker. It's a ball striker's place. You know? yeah. Maybe John Rahm uh, is able to dial it back enough to, to be a guy patience, here at the end. Patience, patience. Right. I mean, last year, if you look, we had Rory winning and Jim Furyk in second, and you couldn't get two more different players in the way they get it done. So it's it's a very democratic course, man. It takes all kinds of... Uh, all kinds here, and it's it crowns great champions. Yeah, if we look in the history books, right, we've got, you know, the likes of Hal Sutton, K.J. Choi. you you got Tiger, you got long hitters, you got control guys. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's a great mix. Um, and there's so much, I mean, it's up to $15 million. Jay Monahan, with a new contract ahead of the tour, is talking, seeing this event go to $25 million in the not-so-distant future. The FedEx Cup maybe going to $100 million. There's a lot to play for, and, and there's a lot of things to think about down the stretch here, and, and that all adds into the mix. Well, it's going to be an exciting tournament. We know that. And uh, going to give me a pick? Throw one out of you. Kevin Na. How about that? Remember the, the debacle he had here one year where he couldn't pull the trigger? Exactly. I think he loves his place, and he kind of sneaks in the mix here, and he's one of those middle-length guys that I could see winning here. Kevin Na. All right. You heard it first. The Golf Insiders. Thank you, Jeff Babineau. We'll be back in just a minute. Quite an impact, actually. Uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Ask 
We're back, the Golf Insiders, coming to you from the TPC Sawgrass in beautiful Pontra Vidra, the Players' Championship. And I'm spending a few moments with the one, the only, Gary Van Sickle. All right, this is the Players' Championship, uh, considered the fifth major in if the there, PGA if Tour. If there was five majors, but there's not. And... Um, you know, we talk about this all the time, that this course in particular, Pete Dye, who uh, rest in peace January 9th, um, no longer with us, certainly a genius uh, when it comes to golf course architecture, do or die. And people, I mentioned in our first segment, you know, they either love die courses or they hate them. What do you say? Well... They were inventive because they were eye candy. I mean, he did create something that nobody had done before. Now, if you go back and play most of them, they're, they're very difficult to play for the average person. And I hate to say this, but I would argue that he's one of the men who helped kill golf because he made courses that were unplayable and they required high maintenance and they caused slow play for the average person. He built courses that challenged the best players in the world. But... If your course isn't going to host a major championship, it probably was too hard for the 15 handicapper to get around it. So, you know, I'm just curious. I don't know where Pete is buried. I hope they did like a mound on, on his grave and maybe put some cross bunkering. Or, I hope they did some something. railroad ties. Yes, that's a great idea. I hope he's got railroad ties and a crazy pin placement or something. I remember the first one I played um, Harbor Town uh, as a kid and, you know, had to climb out of a bunker with a ladder. One yes. of Pete Dye's bunkers. That was a, that was a, that was a cool thing. You know, Harbortown. I think is if that's not only is it one of his best one, that might be the best course he ever did. Some of the other ones I played Longview. Uh, is that the name of it? No, not Long. Uh, it's the other one in Hilton Head. Uh, it's not Long. Anyways, I played that one and it was highly claimed. And I played it the first time and back in when it first opened and it was really good. I went back like four years ago and played there and it's like. Had a lot of these fakey teardrop mounds. It, it looked really artificial. Mm. And I thought, it's funny how your perception changed. You know, when this was new and innovative, you thought, wow, this is really something. But after you've seen a thousand other guys imitate him and do mounds, you go back and thought, this isn't really that good. Long Cove Club. I'm sorry, it was Long Cove. I knew it wasn't whatever I said. I said, you know, you just got those Velcro golf shoes too yeah, tight. Yeah, we, we got a long view course in Pittsburgh, so I got got it mixed up but um so it and even pga west that was that was one of a kind course when it opened and you i went back there a few years ago and played and it's like you kind of like eh it was you know it was not that big of a deal now but then i i think we all remember people of a certain age meaning me meaning old we all remember the clip of the bob hope pro-am or tip o'neill the speaker of the house was in one of, in one of Pete's death bunkers, I call them. That's like twenty feet straight up, and uh, he couldn't. He was not going to get out of there without the help of the Third uh, Battalion. So, uh, thing you know, your perception changes. But P Pete was he changed he changed golf architecture. I would say not for the better, but he changed it and was innovative and. And, and this, you know, this, this actually, this is probably his best design. I maybe put Hilton Head second. Yeah. This, this and there, is, there are a number of uh, 
I think mementos and tributes to Pete around the course for and, that and, reason. And, you know, he was Sweet. always ticked off when they, you know, they went in and cleaned out the rough when this first opened. That's why it was so tough. If you hit it up in the trees, you were in the jungle. It was unplayable. You know, they, they mowed everything as fairway up until where it ended, you know, to the tree, tree line. And then it was just wild and crazy. So if you hit it when it was firm and fast, if you hit a drive going the wrong direction, it kept rolling and it went to this stuff and now you were dead. Now they went and cleaned it all off. Now they, they grew some rough in, so now your ball never reaches the real bad trouble. And he was always a little bit miffed about that. But, you know, the game changed. They started hitting it 40 yards farther. They had to make a few uh, changes to make the course competitive for the world's best golfer. So it, it's turned out pretty well and he's, his, his name is... You know, the 17th green, his greatest mistake. He wanted to blow it up, and his wife said, why don't you just take a hole and put his water in it? And he's like, oh. So, it, yeah, it's probably... Thank you, Alice Dye. Uh, what's the most famous hole in golf? Number 7 at Pebble Beach, number 12 at Augusta, or 17 at TPC Sawgrass? It's, it's close. It's a dead heat. Absolutely. So, uh, John Rahm, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, certainly has to be high up in favorites uh, this week. And, uh, you know, we know he had a little bit of a meltdown last year. Um, I believe it was in that bunker on 11. I was standing there watching it. And um, But, you know, he's really kind of taken on his temperament. He's maturing. What do you think about John Rahm? I, he, I, if I was forced to pick someone this week, I would probably go with him. He's a good iron player, long iron, mid iron, short iron. He says this course sets up great for him, which players say a lot, but not all the time. They don't say it if the course doesn't. So this is a course where he, especially based on, on the last couple of years, he knows he can win here. He just hasn't yet. So I, I think this course is so unpredictable. Uh, we've just- seen it. Yeah, we've gone from Fred Funk to... Rory McIlroy to Tiger Woods. Anybody can win here when they're on. So I, I, I like I like John Rahm as, as much as anybody, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet a nickel on any prediction I had for anybody to win the players because it's up for grabs. That's and that's why it's fun. Absolutely. Justin Thomas was also in the press room earlier. Justin, two wins already in our 2019-2020 wraparound season. Um pretty good pick here and he happens to love Pete Dye courses. It's hard to remember his first win. Where was it? Back in, it was like four months ago. In October. Yeah. The CJ Cup or something? Oh, he won the one in Korea. Yeah. yeah another reason we don't remember. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's had two wins and yet he's having a great year. Well, there's a guy, you know, go back to 2015 when we had Rory and Jordan Spieth and Jason Day as the temporary new big three and that didn't last too long his day and speed kind of went backwards but as soon as Justin got Thomas got out as soon as he got that one win started going it's like you know what it was to me it was pretty obvious that his best was as good as if not better than these other guys best and I think he's I thought then he was the guy who might break out of that group and pile up the majors of course then Brooks Kepke came along and you know uh, Justin hurt his wrist and we kind of forgot about him for a little bit so nothing, now Brooks is coming back from an injury. Brooks and, has had the injury. Now we're wondering, is he going to get back to where he was? But I still think, what's he got? He's got 12 wins by four the age of 27. He's, he's only got one major, but only is kind of a funny word. I, he's, he's going to have a hollow. 
Hall of Fame career. I mean, he's pretty much there. You, you know, win one more major, you, you put him in the Hall of Fame based on voting now. So I like everything about his game. He's got a good head and his shoulders. He's got a good veteran caddy, caddy and Jimmy Johnson. Uh, he probably doesn't putt as well as he'd like at times, but even other than Ben Crenshaw and Brad Faxon, what tour player doesn't say that? So he, he's a great pick this week, but he's a great pick any week, anywhere. All right, here's, here's mine. And we had a little conversation about this before we came on air. He's a rising star, Sung J.M., Player of the year last year, rookie, I mean, rookie of the year last year, played like a ridiculous amount of events, over 30 events, uh, you know, we should nickname him Rocky, and, um, you know, was number one, right, on the Corn Ferry Tour before, you know, yep. the year before, and uh, wins at Honda and places third at Bay Hill, I think. He's the... We need to find out what's South Korean for what's Korean for Iron Man. He's the Iron member. Dana Quigley in the senior tour was the Iron Man. That's right. He's the Iron Man, but he doesn't play every single week like Dana Quigley did. I, I like him because he's Iron Man, so that's cool. You have to respect a guy who does that, who plays a lot. He smiles a lot when he plays. That's fun and, out there. You know, I mean, smile. We don't. You might say something in Korean. We don't know what he says, but we know what a smile means. So people like to see the guy who smiles. And third, he's got this slow takeaway. It's even slower than Nancy Lopez. If like you remember butter. That. Yeah, if you remember that far back. I love that. I love that unique, t that slow takeaway. I like watching this guy play. He smiles. I, I, I enjoy watching him. And look, every tour he's gotten onto, he's risen to the top like he's taken an elevator to the penthouse. And he's already, he's already won. And he's you sitting know. on the top of the FedEx Cup right up, now. And he's up there every week. He's up at Bay Hill. I mean, if, if he's he playing won, in all kinds of conditions, yeah, no win, course seems win. to bother That's him right. or frighten him. He could win the players this week, and you go, yeah, he's that good. He could be, uh, at this point, you just figure, well, what major is he going to win first? Not which major is he going to win. Which major is he going to win first? So we'll see. But yeah, I like him, and I, I wish we could uh, break that language barrier and, and, and get to know him a little bit better because he seems like a really interesting guy. Yeah, it sure does. Well, this is probably the hardest week when I ask this question for the guys to pick. Who's your pick on Sunday to win the players? I'm going to go with John Rahm. Not only because he, I interviewed him today, but uh, he's got the game for this course. On the, you know, he, And he likes it and he thinks... How many guys on tour say, I love playing this course, I score well here? A lot of guys say, I love the course, but... Gives me nightmares. I, yeah, I can't, I just, I have trouble getting, there's a couple awkward holes, but John Rahm loves it. So I think loving the course and knowing you can play well is different than loving the course and hoping you can play well. He knows he can play well here, so I'm going with that. You think it could come down to a Rory Rahm duel again? Uh, Nobody's ever repeated. You know, TV would hate that. They, they, they hate it when famous guys are in a play on Sunday. That would, that would, how good would that be? I mean, really, how much better could you make it? One and two in the world? I mean, Rom isn't quite maybe as well-known yet in America as he, as he will be soon, but it would only be bigger if you had Rory and Phil or Rory and Justin Thomas. Uh, Rory and John Rahm would be, would be outstanding. The European writers would really like it, except it'll be like 2 a.m. when it finishes, so I won't do them any good whatsoever. It'll be too late. Well, we'll be here to uh, to watch uh, the champagne flow. 
And uh, it's going to be a great week and weekend at the Players' Championship. This is Holly G for the Golf Insiders. we got a tea time. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye.